To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. $35 or more gets you free shipping. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. Hey, everyone. Here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal? Investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. Fuck. <laughs> 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 oh, fuck! <laughs> fuck! <laughs> oh, I can't fucking do this anymore! That was seriously fucked up. We almost died. So you agree? Fuck yes. That was, th th This was insane. That was pure luck. I was not in control of that situation at all. <laughs> Look at this, Morty. Look at my fucking hand. Look at this shit. Why do you keep doing this to us? I don't know, Morty. Maybe I hate myself. Maybe I think I deserve to die. I, 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 don't, I don't know. <laughs> we need a vacation. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, streaming live from the Spare Part Studios. Happy Sunday, everyone. Sunday leftovers are in house. God, I am so white and pale. I need some of that Golden Standard spray tan around me because uh, my Caucasianism is starting to overcome me. Streaming live from the Spare Part Studios on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music. Spotify? Yeah, still. Still Spotify. Crush fingers. Uh, Spotify, Podcast Addict, uh, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, all of them, everywhere except China. China. Uh, on the docket today, I want to obviously vomit up all the rest of the crap that I wasn't able to get to on the Wednesday's podcast. Proper tipping, veggie chip rankings. Oh my God, veggie chips. Uh, article about small Rolls Royce uh, reactors fixing the Terminator franchise, if we can, and if I ever get the budget for it. I'm also testing out some new gear right now. The Spare Parts Studio is actually, uh, we got some new gear, which is currently in the testing phase, the testing phase, and also uh, some new gear that's already been set up and implemented and everything like that, and it's awesome. It's pretty awesome. So the three items right now that were currently um, have just been, you know, that have been arrived in the mail. Thanks, eBay. The Lenovo M8 tablet, which is a, which, let's see, I got on sale for like 118 bucks. It's a basically, hmm. It's got the same amount of power as like a three or four year old uh, smartphone, but instead of you know five to six inches of screen, you get six to eight. You get eight inches of screen. You get a few more things. But the reason I like it so much for a hundred, a hundred something bucks, is if you want to do some quick mobile editing on the fly, quick mobile video editing on the fly. Generally, what I like to do is I like to put, obviously, you can layer video on top of layer. Like, if you buy, like, a, back about three years ago, if you tried to buy a cheap tablet and tried to put a video layer underneath another video layer, the graphics and the, uh, and the processor would not allow you to do it in the programs I was using, basically. So, I had a, I had a need for a certain thing, and, that pro, and those tablets out there would not allow me to do that. This one, for the price, 100 20 bucks, not even. 
from Lenovo, the M8 tablet, can do that. That's the cool thing about it. It can do that. So I can record audio. It does uh, 1440p uh, street video streaming on YouTube. So it actually has a, for only three gig of RAM, but it's a solid, you know, it's, it's, it's all onboard stuff. So everything is right there when you need it. So for a hundred something bucks, it's super cheap. It does everything I want it to do. It's much larger screen. It's very, very bright. It's got a long, long battery life. And like the Chinese tablets, if you went on, if you went on eBay and you spent like two, 300 bucks on like a Chinese tablet, you know, besides getting it in like six to eight weeks, for shipping. Uh, it also, the, the screen isn't very good and it only lasts maybe two or three hours worth of battery. This one, it claims up to 12 to 15 hours. Plus, this is an eight inch screen. It's perfect for flying drones because if you try to do it on your cell phone, which most contro drone controllers are, are equipped to do, an eight inch screen is much easier. It's much brighter because it's, it's the one thing you want when you're flying a bird is you want that visibility on your screen so you can see exactly what you're doing so you're not constantly looking up or down. And if your drone is far enough away where it's basically basically just a dot in the sky, you're going to want that screen you're going to want that nice crisp screen. I know DJI makes their own uh crystal view uh type of controller with this really bright screen, but it costs a fortune. Whereas if you got this, you got a long battery life, it connects to the internet beautifully. It's got a it's got a strong Wi-Fi signal and it has a really bright display display. So in the the days that are the most sunny, this thing should not have too many issues. The bigger the screen, the better off you are. And I mean, I wouldn't mind a 10-inch tablet, but 8 inches is perfect. Hmm. So Awesome. For 120 bucks, this uh, Lenovo M8 tablet is a friggin' steal, in my opinion. It is perfect. Um, it will live stream anything. If I want to do Facebook video streaming, if I want to do YouTube video streaming, if I want to video edit, if I want to audio edit, it's perfect. It's awesome. For, if, for As long as you go through the process of disabling a couple programs that are running in the background and just stripping it, stripping it down to what you absolutely need, this thing is sweet. And I was just testing some video on it for like at 1080p at 60 frames per second. And some of those 4K, you know, Morocco in 4K or uh, uh, um, Greenland in 4K. And it's absolutely stunning. Some of the best graphics I've seen on most of my computers. So total thumbs up to Lenovo for this actual item. So 100, and I didn't expect to be purchasing a tablet anytime soon. But for the money, it was worth it. Also, uh, let's see what else I got. I'm try currently testing a, because I've been having some, obviously, you know, the, the secret's out. I've been having some issues with Comcast and the fact that they're, I mean, every every week there's another article on Comcast about them raising their friggin' rates. Mm. And it's really starting to piss me off. And it, they're really starting to hit my wallet for the fact that all I have is internet and they're just charging almost 100 bucks for that, just for internet. All right, and I'm not even paying for like the top of the tier shit. So currently, I'm testing out a little behind the scenes action, but I am right now currently testing a, a Netgear Nighthawk 40. What is it? R6700. And so far, all of my computers. Now the actual setting up in the in the back, if you go to like Netgear what and what blah blah blah, and you just do some you know configuration in the back, it's actually not that hard. It gives you all the instructions, all the passwords and admin stuff you need is right underneath it. It's got a strong range for about three stories of a house, and it connects relatively well to all of my all of my machines. All of my machines are running off of it right now. It did not take long to set up. The only machine that is currently having issues connected to this router is the one that records the podcast. For some reason, it will not connect to this router. So either so my one option right now is to get a external wireless adapter and attach it to that podcast uh, to the podcast recording machine device thingy and um, do that. So if I do that, it should be fine. I'm assuming. I'm not really sure. This this is one of my oldest. This is, without a doubt, my oldest computer in the studio. But I don't see it removing. If that's the one issue it has, that's no big deal. I can always take the podcast, trans, you know, once it's done, send it to another computer via a jump drive and upload it that way. So, But I don't want to have to jump to too many hoops. Um, and I don't want to... I mean, this thing only has like three USB drives. So trying to figure out how to connect that properly to the Netgear Nighthawk. But as far as the performance of the Netgear Nighthawk and its compatibility, anything over 2010 and up 
it is spectacular. It runs, it is surprisingly fast. It, right now there's one, two, three, four, wait, see, one, two, three, four, uh, supposedly five, six computers on it right now running, and it has no issues whatsoever. And it's two, and I connected to the existing modem. However, you can get the modem and router combo, but this is connected strictly to a standalone modem, and it's running perfectly. So for that, uh, I also got that pre-owned. That is currently in the testing phase. If I can, but I'm working on a range test. I want it to be able to um, work in a, like a, a 2,000 square foot house. And if I can get it to do that, it's going to stick around for quite some time. And the thing I knew I needed, but I didn't realize how much I needed until now, was a solid state drive. Solid state drives compared to, and I've talked about this in the past, a solid state drive is basically a jump drive, like a little thumb drive that you usually hold your data on from the outside. They take that. They, and they put that inside your computer. So jump drives like SSD drives and M2 drives are now replacing, you know, permanently uh, hard disk drives. And I didn't realize how, f I knew they were fast, but until you actually uh, optimize your com your household computers with an, a solid state drive, you don't realize how fast they actually are. I mean, I currently, the first one I installed it in was this Core i3 processor, which is probably, this machine is probably seven or eight years old, I would assume, when it first came out of the box. And its max capacity for RAM is DDR3 8 gig of RAM. That's it. And this is a third gen uh, Core i3. But it is blazingly fast. So, for, a, for example, a Core i3 with an SSD drive, third gen, it starts up Windows 7 in about 10 to 15 seconds, uh, lowest speed time, 10 seconds. It starts up Ubuntu in about 7 to 10 seconds, and it runs everything else lightning quick. It is absolutely what the most essential thing that you can purchase for a computer next to RAM, actually faster than RAM. I would now state because of the SSD drive, the SSG drive has more speed and value over buying RAM at this point. However, they are kind of neck and neck, but I would say get an SSD drive before you do anything because if you buy an SSD drive first, then you install the operating system and then you can add the RAM. You don't just add the RAM, install the OS, and then put in the SSD drive because then you got to reinstall the operating system all over again. So... Start from scratch. Start with the SSD drive. You can always change the processor, the RAM, the wireless adapter, and the operating system anytime you want. But you'll have to start from scratch with the OS if you install the SSD drive. But it is amazing. It is. Uh, it, it, this one is by Kingston. This is a Kingston 128 gig SSD drive. This will cost you, if you look hard enough, you can find them for $20. I paid about 30 bucks for mine. But a Kingston 128, I recommend you getting a, either a 256, a 512, or a full terabyte. And yeah, it, it, it installed easily. It was easy. I just, a couple and three or four screws, you pop the panel off, you put the new one in, you take the old one out. I threw the old one on the server and pulled everything off of it. And then installing the new OS took no time at all. And yes, I'm still using Windows 7 for it because it's just easier for me. But as far as, yeah, an SSD drive, it is the best, one of the best updates you can do for a computer. To me, it's SSD over sex without a condom. No guilt trips, no crying, no dinner bill, no restraining orders, no waiting for her to fake a pregnancy. I mean, I make my point. SSD over STD any day of the week. So the I, I, I love it. I cannot tell you, honestly, I am emphatic about anybody who has a computer right now. You may not realize it, but you are probably running a old school disk drive and you need to replace that. And you will be astonished with the difference in speed. We're talking between, if, if you start up your computer in 10 seconds, if you start up your computer and it takes like a minute, an SSD will have you finish doing it in about 10 to 15. It's just, it's fractions of a second compared to a disk drive. So... Uh, the new Netgear Nighthawk is running pretty smoothly. The Lenovo N uh, M8 tablet is, I, it was just a nice little bonus for the week. And the Kingston SSD drive is wonders. Matter of fact, a new, uh, I like this SSD drive so much. I'm going to be getting a 256 for the Dell i7 I currently have under, under, well, it's under construction basically. Uh, that one's going to require a few more fixings. That one, uh, needs... 
That one still needs a new battery and possibly a new charger or adapter. But everything else seems to be on point. What did I change last time? Oh, I changed that little tiny $5 adapter plug. And that's also, so that's getting an SSD, which will get a new operating system. That thing will be, it'll be fast. That's a fifth gen i7. So that's enough nerd talk for now. I did want to get into a couple other things. Here's a, let's, yeah, here's my smooth segue from weird nerd talk to uh, money. This is one thing I was never really taught properly as a kid. And this is something I think this is important now. It's a societal thing. And this is about tipping. I know I noticed that it was a good thing uh, a good article that was brought up by Dale Smith on CNET. Shout out to CNET about whether or not you're an over-tipper or an under-tipper. And there are a few that I definitely abide by. I didn't realize that until the the early into my early 20s that you're supposed to tip the girl who cuts your hair. I didn't real I didn't realize that. And you know what? That I do blame my mother for. As much things as I don't blame her for, her not teaching me how to fucking tip uh, is definitely one that annoys the piss out of me. Jew jokes aside, uh, the idea that she didn't teach me how to tip is the one thing I, I, I that kind of, you know, that's an itch I was scratching at for quite some time. And that, now I have this trauma about under-tipping, which I never do. Now I'm always over-tipping uh, anywhere I go. But there, here's some of the things, and I'll add my two cents to it as far as if I agree with it, or maybe it should be more, it should be less. And then also my final note, when to leave, total zero. Okay. So this one talks about, let's see, to U.S. employers. Are, now, the reason we tip is for a lot of things, um, going above and beyond, and when employees only make the minimum. And I don't mean minimum wage. I mean server wage, which apparently is $2.13 an hour. So they rely on tips. Okay, they rely on us. That's why they give us good service. They rely on those tips. So they talks about, okay, if you're at a coffee shop, nowadays because coffee has become so uh, personalized, where if you go to like Dunkin' Donuts or if you go to like Tim Hortons or whatever, generally coffee is coffee and it's just like uh, you just want a black or a milk with cream and then that's the end of it. You just swipe your card and you're on your way. Does that really deserve a tip? No, because nothing really was personalized. Whereas these new places, such as like independent coffee shops or Starbucks, which is the no notorious one, people are a asking for all kinds of insane orders or even just this, that. You're asking for a personalized item that best suits your dollar. So in that case, yes, you absolutely should be tipping. Now, for a, con for a standard order, you should be tipping about a dollar. And this one generally says the same thing, a dollar or so per drink. So if you are ordering two to four drinks, a couple bucks on, uh, extra is definitely worth it because at Starbucks, they generally don't have just one person working the bar. There are usually four to six people working a standard SB shift. Or if you're working like a smaller independent shop, it's two to three people. And then if you're going to uh, Neuro down in Boston or in North, uh, was it Andover? There's three to five people also on there. So you're paying for all those people who are not making as much. So you need to tip properly. So if you have a complicated order, two to three dollars on top of that is essential. And I mean that because people are ordering splash of soy, extra cinnamon, foam, and then it's like, that takes time because what you're doing essentially is, is if you are adding all these things, you're taking time from another person ordering, whether it be, and there's, there's, in some of these cases, there's drive through and there's, and there's dine in, and they've also got food there as well. So every time you add for a splash of this or a dash of that or a foam of this, you are taking up more time than another pay, another customer can be served. So for that, you should be considering your tipping amount. They say a dollar or so per drink, and mine are generally pretty, I keep it pretty simple, so they always, no matter what, for these places get a dollar out of me. Like I said, I don't go to Dunkin' Donuts or whatever, so there's no tipping really required there. For I mean, just in my opinion. I don't go there, I don't know what, and that's pretty much it. The, but a, yes, should you tip at a coffee shop nowadays? Yes. If you're going to a bar, it's it can be the, um, Examples are the same. They say a dollar or two per drink. Mixed drinks, more or less. Less for droughts or beers. Beers are a couple bucks. If you're running a tab, it's always 20%. Period. Okay? And if you are, and normally people who go to bars, they generally are return customers. So if you're going to a bar, you always want to tip properly. So because the, the girls or guys running behind the bar, 
It's better that they forget your face than remember it poorly. So if they forget about you and you tip 20%, but if you tip like 10%, they're going to remember that asshole who only tipped me a few bucks. You don't want to be that person. So you make an effort to at least be forgettable. Granted, I understand the place has got to be good, the drinks have got to be great, properly mixed, and the food's got to be terrific. But don't be that person... Place first of all, if the place is shitty. You don't want to be going there to begin with. Or you go there once, you you pay, you throw a tip, and you and you're done. You never go back, unless management changes. With bars he, up here in New Hampshire, it generally happens. So generally, somebody was sniffing coke out back, and then the place gets busted, and then poof, two weeks later, and it's the same place with a new name. But uh, the example here is a dollar to a dollar to two dollars per drink. Now, a lot of these places where they have specialty drinks like Cosmos, Manhattans, Whiskey Sours, or whatever, you definitely want to be doing two or more as far as that goes. I agree with that. And specialty drinks, I don't know too much about. It's like, whatever, just give me the fruity shit with a, with a nice kick at the end of it, and I'm perfectly fine. If it is just a straight tequila or a straight you know, whiskey and ginger ale, that's a buck a, that's a, buck a pop. 20%, though, if you are running a tab. Dining and restaurants. 20% or more. People try to clip that off at like 15 to 18%. In my opinion, and just based on just being a good Samaritan, these people are working their ass off. They're focusing on you as a, as a customer. They're paying a lot of attention, writing things down, running back and forth. There's a lot of rules and guidelines when you're working at a restaurant, especially franchises and chains. So that extra 2% on top of that 18 can really make a difference. So if you are, if they are good service, if it's good service, solid service, and the food is good and the drinks are good and everything is plentiful, 20%, no doubt about it, Okay. I generally tip between 23 and 20, I tip between 23 and 30% depending upon the meal and depending upon the price. I think if you can, if you can afford to go out and eat at a restaurant, there's nothing, I feel it's perfectly necessary to tip 25%. I don't think it would not make a difference. It doesn't. It really doesn't. Unless you're eating at like a buffet. Buffets are different because they're just giving you, uh, they're just doing your drink order and making sure that the plates are, or silverware's there. That's it. That's all they're doing. So that's about, that's like 10 to 15%. That's buffet though. Okay. That's when you're just, you're, you hate life and you're just shoving food into your fucking face. Uh, dine-in servers, the same thing. A dine-out is different though. If you're getting a pizza delivered, that's another thing. Fast food casual, uh, fast food counter service what does it say fast casual counter service up to one dollar for just taking your order so basically if you're going to like i don't know five guys or something if they allow you to tip then you're doing one to two to three dollars if you're going crazy yeah you can throw a few extra bucks along the way but for fast food that's a little different um if you are, if you're one of those people that does go to fast food and you're, you, obviously if you are going to tip, yeah, throw a couple bucks. You, they generally have a change jar right up front. Like for um, normally if I go to a Roma Joe's, they have a little can out front. You can tip in there. But if I'm just getting like a simple coffee, it's like whatever, just freaking it's no big deal because things are already expensive enough. But I understand that if you are going out to these places and you do have an order and there is some there is a little extra you can give, give it. Okay. Now, if you are ordering a beer at a bar and you, and here's the thing. Yeah, I guess you, can, I guess you can tip fifty cents. But who the hell's walking around with two quarters in their pocket? You might as well just give the extra dollar and throw it in the little thing and be done with it. Uh, restaurant carryout service. If you are walking in for an already pre, already designed, already ready to grab order, they say ten percent or more for large orders or complicated orders. So, um, yeah, if you're gonna throw ten percent on top of a large order. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. Complicated orders, probably the same thing. Huge specialty orders, you start to get, if it's a huge specialty, you know, complicated order, that's a, that's an interesting thing because I wonder if you are, say the restaurant is designed where, okay, you call in a huge order. It gets made, brought up front, and the, and the hostess gives it to you. Who are you tipping? That's the question I'd like to know because when a huge specialty order comes in, now there is the question of the hostess or waitress that takes the order or manager in that case, because a lot of times the managers do take the order. Okay. The order gets passed back to the kitchen. The kitchen is obviously doing a lot of the work. So the question is, does the, ki does the kitchen get tipped? And in my opinion, the kitchen, even though the kitchen generally does get paid a lot more than the hostesses, um, gets paid a lot more than the servers, do they get tipped? I think they should. 
they should deserve some of that order, especially if it's complicated. They should get deserve some of that tip. And I like the idea of having everybody like that pool at the end of the night. It, and especially, it should be noted now. Should the, the the kitchen always get tipped? I don't know if that's the case. But if it's a large, complicated order, the kitchen should absolutely share in the wealth of that bounty. So it does state that 10% or more for large, complicated orders. And then food delivery drivers. Yes, food delivery drivers should always be tipped, especially nowadays when they're going out of their way. They're like fucking Amazon drivers. They're breaking the speed limit any chance they get. So food delivery drivers, 10% or up to 20% or more during hazardous road, hazardous road conditions, especially up here where people don't want to go out. So they order like three servings of like Papa Gino's or something like that. And then the, this... Poor bastard and his bald tired Honda Civic has to blow through three inches of blizzard snow just to get to your stupid place on top of the hill in the midst of the snowstorm. So you got to definitely make it up to him by tipping him a decent amount because his life is riding in that $800 Honda. So definitely tip him accordingly. Um, it also talks about tipping hotel taxis, parking attendants. Anybody who handles your bags gets a tip. Period. Okay, not flight attendants. I don't think you're allowed to tip them anymore. You can try. You can definitely try, especially the Delta ones. Oh, my God. You can definitely tip them. Here's a tip. Oh, whoa. Uh, the, but anybody who handles your bags at the airport at the front of the gates. So, for example, you get out of, the, you get out of your car and, and you're still outside, those guys get tipped, period. You, um, anybody at the concierge service at a hotel, anybody's grabbing your bags or moving your car, they get tipped. Two, uh, for for porters, anybody moving your bags, that's a couple bucks a pop. Concierge service, they say 5 to $10. Remember, if anybody's moving your car, anybody who touches your car, all right, your money matters to them. So make sure you give them just enough money for them to not lose or fuck up or joyride your car because there's been lots of instances. If you drive a sweet ride, the, some of those guys do not hesitate to light up some of the rubber on your tires. You can check that shit out on Instagram, but believe me, that actually does happen. So when you tip them, and if you are driving like a muscle car or something sweet, uh, tip them extra to be like, listen, just get this thing parked. Don't do anything ridiculous with it. You're allowed to say that, but you better back it up with some green. Hotel room service, always tip them because you never know what they can steal. The They say about 15%. Hotel housekeeping, 2 to $5 per day. If you're coming all over the walls, it's more. Bathroom attendants, uh, bathroom attendants, those guys, you know, the cologne, the Dracon Awa guys, always leave them a couple bucks if you are getting a spray or a towel or something like that. Uh, if you're not washing your hands, gross, then uh, don't tip. Parking attendants, eh, exchange of keys, more for luxury cars. Like I just stated, yes, make sure you leave a proper tip. Taxi drivers, they say 10 to 15%. Um, for Uber drivers or Lyft or share drivers, I try to give a decent amount. I try to aim more towards 10, uh, 20% because I'm generally not, for the most part, unless I'm going from Logan Airport back to my place, I generally don't, I, I'll try to keep it like between... I don't know if it's like a if it's like a, a nine dollar or ten dollar bill, I'll toss like four bucks on top of that. Um, if it's well, first of all, if it's for, it's Logan to my place, that's like a ninety dollar bill. So you better make sure that you throw an extra twenty on top of that. That's my opinion. Okay. Now here's the one that my mother did not uh, warn me about when I was younger was hairstylists. It also includes movers, babysitters, or car washes. We actually might just close it out with just tipping. This one's going pretty good. Spas, 10 to 20%, depending upon length and intensity of services. You want to, yeah. For a spa, you want to leave 20%. If you're going and getting a deep tissue massage with one of those really nice steam showers afterwards, you want to be tipping about 20%, okay? Those ladies remember you, and they can kill you when you're relaxed. Anybody who has the opportunity to kill you, you want to tip more. Hairstylists, always 20%. My hairstylist is, let's see, she's, it's not bad. It's like 25 bucks. I throw nine on top of that. I'm just being transparent. So whatever that is. So if you, it's 20 on top and uh, yeah. So 25 and then plus nine at 34 bucks every two weeks. And I'm a consistent patron who keeps his mouth shut and doesn't move too much, doesn't complain about everything. It always smells lovely. So I think that the tip definitely justifies. Um, and then, let's see, tour guides, I don't really know anything about. So, But it states 15 to 20% or $1 to $5 per person. 
depending upon blah, 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 how long your program is. Tour guides, I can imagine, especially in uh, so-so countries when you're not really sure about national security, I think you'd be advised to uh, hire somebody who uh, honors the Second Amendment if you catch my drift. Then again, then again, you're probably in a country that doesn't have that or doesn't have any laws in general. Uh, let's see. Assess tour guides. Movers, you definitely want to tip movers. Any, any, if they have the chance to steal your shit, and sell it on Craigslist. You want to tip them well. It says four to eight, four to eight dollars per hour, depending upon difficulty of your move, especially uh, heavy items. That's not bad. Dog walkers and pet sitters. Yep, they're taking care of your dogs. They can steal those and sell those to China for meat. You definitely want to tip them ten to twenty percent, depending upon weather conditions, especially in the wintertime. Car washers. Um, yeah, you definitely want to tip them. When I was a detailer, I got tipped quite nicely. And that's a good way to make money too. Not by just full, doing full details, but just offering a honest uh, conditioning service that's relatively inexpensive. You'll get um, you'll get an extra few bucks each time you detail or condition a car for sure. Furniture, appliance delivery. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm This whole thing uh, is all rent-based for me. But it says $5 per person. Babysitters, they round up to the next hour. If not, had the whole bonus on top of the hour. Okay. So babysitters, keep that in mind. Yes, you tip them as well. Here's the reason I would say you'd leave absolute zero. If it's somebody that you employ, okay, whether it's to pet your dogs, to take care of your dogs, or to take care of your kids, that's one thing. If you were to, if they do something illegal or endangering of the child, then you don't tip them. You pay them what they charge, and then that's it, or something to that effect. But you definitely don't tip them. If they do anything to endanger the well-being of the child or of the dog, they're out the door, no tip. If they uh, are doing practices that you don't necessarily agree with and you want just want to part ways and find somebody that best suits your raising or doggo needs then you give them you do give them a parting amount because you don't want them the because honestly nowadays with social media all it just takes somebody to go out there and talk a bunch of shit and they don't care about losing uh customers their way but making it difficult for you not to find somebody else to take care of your breathing mammals inside the house uh, and you don't want to make it more difficult for yourself. So give them a small amount as far as a parting gift to keep, well, basically hush money per se, hashtag Stormy Daniels, and uh, call, it, call it a truce. So that's what I would say on that. So that's as far as babysitters or dog sitters, whatever. There are employable people. Tour, gar- twig- tour guides, uh, that depends. If you're in a hostile situation, you got to pay, pay your way to get out of it. That's another thing. That's a story for another day and for another podcast. And then as far as hotel housekeeping, if they don't clean up, you don't pay them. Generally, they do pay, but if they don't clean up your place, you don't have to fucking pay them. Now, um, absolute zero on a girl who cut a girl or boy, but most most of my life it's all been do it's all been chicks cutting your hair. Uh, never been a reason to not tip them. I've had one instance, two instances where I didn't like, I didn't trust the person with the with the blade. And I requested actually mid-cut to have somebody else take care of it. So you still do tip. You don't leave unsatisfied. You just stop them in their tracks because there are some things in life that you can't go backwards. You can't reverse the the problem. You have to stop them mid-tracks. If you don't like how they're handling your, your, your dome and whatnot, uh, you got to stop mid-track and have somebody else come in and rescue you. Otherwise, you, you could you could look back because there are a lot of these places like the, the the people there. Some of them specialize in just in doing extensions or eyebrows or waxing, and then you know for some reason they have to cut hair for whatever reason. You know that's standards of practice, and sometimes you get that person. And the fact is, is they could they could fuck up your dome. So you need to make sure that that is you cut that off before it's the point of no return. And then you still tip them. And it's no hard feelings. It's just it's not their expertise. They're better at doing other things. All right. Now, now we're still not at absolute zero. Absolute zero is generally reserved for uh, unsatisfactory service to the point of just total uh, disregard for your for your money, for your dollar, for your service. Just appreciation as you as a as a customer coming in, especially on a regular basis if you are. 
Now, have I? How often have I done that? As far as not tipping out of shitty service. See, every high-end restaurant that I've been to, um, even the ones I didn't like, I've always tipped. My worst experience, obviously, was at Jackie O's or Jackie's uh, in Algonquit. Now, I don't care because I'll fucking never come back to this place. It's it's There's a place called Pirates Co- Pirates Cove? Perkins Cove, excuse me. Perkins Cove in Algonquit, New Hampshire. It's a beautiful spot. It's very touristy, especially in the summer months. The traffic is insane. And there's this place called Perkins Cove, and it has a, a, a strip of restaurants, like a lobster place. Then at the very end, there's a place called Jackie O's or Jackie's. I don't care to remember it too much beyond the Jackie's. And first of all, it's the it's the most beautiful area. The scenery is gorgeous. The restaurant itself is completely outdated as far as a decor. The servers were fucking dog shit, and the food was awful. We're talking like, you know, one of those uh, reality shows that Gordon Ramsay would stumble into. Uh, that It was that bad. And not only was it that bad, the bill I got at the end was even worse. The shittiest food, the shittiest service, $100. Two people, okay? Nothing extravagant. You know, some liquid, some some appetizers, dinner. I don't even remember dessert. I don't even know if we got it. And that was $100. Did I still tip? Yeah, I tipped, I think, $20 on top of that. But the idea is I, if I was already going to afford 100 I could throw on an extra 20 But the fact is I would never go back. I would never go back. I paid for my right to talk shit about this restaurant. They're fucking garbage. And I don't know if they've ever changed ownership or if anything's ever changed, but this was back about, I'd say, seven or eight years ago. Things could change. They could be completely different. But the fact is, is seven or eight years ago when I did go there, it was freaking terrible. Okay. It was fucking awful. Now, I would hope that somebody would reach out and say, yo, we've gotten different. There's a new management. The food has gotten so much better. But every review I've I've read, uh, especially, you know, after that has not been promising. So if you're not going to change your ways and you're just going to take all that tourist money and not do anything to improve your restaurant, then I don't want nothing to do with you. In that case, um, I could have tipped zero. Definitely, in that case, it would have been justified to tip zero, but I didn't say anything negative or as far as like not, I don't like the food or whatever. It's just like, whatever, just you're eating there. You just want to get in and get out with no issues. Nowadays on social media, it's definitely up in the air as far as whether or not you want to tip absolute absolute zero. Um, I once tipped at a freaking Hooters one time. I tipped at it was the only like, maybe the one or two times I actually went there. They never came back with extra with our food. The waitress, the server was not even t- bothering to talk to us. Uh, you know, as far as you know, is how how is everything and blah blah blah. Just no service in general. Okay. You know, for a place called Hooters, I surely saw her back an awful lot because she never came over to our freaking table. So basically, at that point, you just you just pay your bill and you leave zero. You leave zero. Zero is a statement. Zero is a statement saying you're shit at your job and you shouldn't be working here, or you need to reconsider how you actually approach uh, your your job in general. Now, absolute zero. Believe me, just be prepared for the fact that if you leave zero, you are now social media fodder. Okay, somebody's gonna talk shit about you. They could, they could, they could dox you. They could drop your name and everything, and say this person, you know, especially if you're a famous person or you're a person of note or a public figure. If you leave zero, be prepared to back up the reason why, and it better be a good one, because there's a lot of people out there that just don't tip for any reason whatsoever because they're just cheap assholes. But to tip zero, you better have a good reason not to do so. All right, and remember, if you do tip zero, most likely. If you are able to talk to a a manager or something like that, unless your name is Karen, then you're just you're just your life sucks altogether. Then you need to resolve the issue. I know it sucks and it's uncomfortable to do because let's face it, conflict. Some people, a lot of people, aren't designed to handle conflict or to resolve an issue. But if it's your money and it's your experience, you know, I go to Grill Twenty Three in Boston off of Berkeley Street, and the 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 server looks at you like. Everything that comes out of your mouth, it's it's the end of time, and everything that you say matters. So, and just they don't even have to smile; they just look at you like, just let me. I will I will make sure that from the moment you get here to the moment you leave, that everything will be absolutely satisfactory. I can guarantee you that. 
all right? And they and they give you that Denzel look, and they just look straight at you, and it's like, you're going to take care of me. I trust your judgment, and that's perfect. And those guys, you always tip high. You always tip 25%, 30%. So especially, you know, you get the bill. It's like 250 300 bucks. so you better make sure you leave a decent tip. But leaving absolute zero is a fucking statement. And there are, and I, I cannot say that I haven't done it, and I can't say I don't recommend it. There are definitely times when leaving absolute zero um, as an app. And I don't mean this like, you know, when you're going to get like get a coffee or something like that. Bitching about, you know, your coffee not being perfectly right. I've already talked about this on last week's, you know, pot, two podcasts ago or whatever. That's different. You just if your coffee, if they're not making your coffee right, you don't need to be going there. Same thing with restaurants. If you're going to leave absolute zero, you're not going back. OK, there's no going back on absolute zero. You freaking you pay your bill. Now, there's an, you can go a step beyond, and I don't know. I would like to talk to uh, a restaurant manager or something like that, just sit down here and be like, when are times where a, a client should not be or a customer should not be obligated to pay the whole bill? And then there's leaving absolutes. And then when do they not only not pay their whole bill, but they pay absolute zero? Because then at that point, you are your balls deep in it. You are to get comped, to get your food comped. It's like, say the service is good but the food sucks. There's no reason why the server should suffer. If the server is good and the kitchen sucks, therefore the food sucks or the food's late, the server should still not suffer. Okay. If the food is good, but the server sucks, that's an issue that needs to be approached. Okay. But if the server is good, the food is good and the delivery is good and the ambiance is good, you crush that server with cash. You make them damn sure that they know, because if you're you're gonna come back, but if you're not going back, then fuck it, go nuclear, leave that absolute zero to let them know, and you'll you'll know, you'll know when the time is right to drop absolute zero on a tip, and now as far as leaving absolute zero and getting your meal comped, that's a different battle. It has to be an absolute disaster for that meal to be comped and for you to leave absolute zero. It has to be pure bad. Like, pure bad. Now, believe me, all managers, all restaurant managers have the right to comp whatever they want, okay? And they have the right to battle you about it, but if you don't want, if, if you don't eat your food, if you don't eat your food and the service is terrible, that's different. But if you eat all your food and then you say it's terrible and you want your food comp, that's not how it works. I don't agree with that. Um, now, now, this, now, as obviously, I always my, my thoughts are to protect the server. If the server is good, but there's other underlying things, other issues or hazards or situations that happen, the server should still be compensated. Uh, non-negotiable. I remember there was one time, actually, I was working at um, this pizza pizzeria place, like this restaurant pizzeria place in like Tilton. And everything was going fine. It was busy or whatnot. But, you know, the design of their, there was this giant like pioneer or giant speaker above one of the tables. And I remember I was, I was hosting that night and the speakers. Now these giant house restaurant speakers, they're like 70 pounds. They got these giant, cause remember these giant house speakers, they, they have mids and they have lows in them. So they have subs for bass. And then of course the mids. So they, it's like a full range speaker. So they had that it's it's a lot of plastic, it's a lot of metal. The magnets in them are giant. So if this thing was to fall, which it did, it would cause quite the amount of damage. It just so happened that this giant 50 to 70 pound speaker fell that night in a crowded restaurant on top of a woman's head. The funny thing was is she didn't really make an issue about it until she touched the top of her head and notice she was bleeding. Because a lot of the times, your mind over matter is is actually no big deal. So if a giant thing falls in your head, you either are numb from it, and you don't, or you don't really feel it. Because remember, you got a big, you know, you got a lot of bone up there. But it cracks, if it cracks through the top, and you're bleeding, your mindset changes. And when some people are triggered when they see blood. She saw blood and fell apart. You know, paramedics had to come, and they had to take her, and that's, and now, pfft, Jesus Christ, something like that happens nowadays, that woman's going to get like going to get a check in the mail for 2 million dollars. But yeah, that happened and it was it was nuts. I can't believe that 
it was it just from I think it was from all the vibration. It eventually just started to come out of the 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 brick. It had like that brick veneer or whatever, and the the drywall screws or something or other. They started to come loose as the sound was vibrating through the wall, and eventually this thing just came out and just poof, just plummeted, landed right on this chick's head, and uh, that was all she wrote. Nobody got fired though. Well, a few weeks later, I got fired, but that was for something completely different. I hated that bitch. Anyways. Uh, I guess we're at 43 minutes. I guess we're gonna. I guess we're gonna leave it at that. No, no talking about Terminator today. Remember, this is Sunday leftovers. In and out, but 43 minutes of it. Um, so we talked about SSD drives. We did a little dork uh, tech review in the very beginning. Uh, proper tipping, and I got well, great because now I got plenty of leftovers for uh, Wednesday's podcast if any of it goes through. So, uh, yeah, that's good. that's it for today. If you have any questions or comments on on the article I read or any of the thoughts I had, or if you've ever had a bad restaurant experience, email me at positivesarcasmoutlook.com, or you can just go to positivesarcasm.com, click on the contact button, and send me your your dinner disasters or restaurant disasters or whatever, if you have questions about tipping. Um, so, yeah, that's it. So, uh, in the meantime, if you have any questions or comments, you can go to positivesarcasm.com. You can check out my posing music and check out my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is the Positive Sarcasm and Positive Sarcasm Podcast for all the daily clips. You can also find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. You can find me on facebook.com slash POS sarcasm or positive sarcasm. Facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. All right. Coffee of the week. Uh, Wicked Joe Organic Fair Trade. Wicked Italian Dord. Um, decent. Decent coffee for sure. And I guess that's pretty much it. So um, until then, you can find me on Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes, uh, Podcast Addict, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, pretty much anywhere where podcasts are uh, RSS fed. You can also find, you can also download it directly and stream it directly from PositiveSarcasm.com, which is very mobile user friendly. Uh, until then, I will talk to you guys in a few days. Uh, streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios, this has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation.
To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.